Do I have the word from the Lord for you? I did. He, I, I asked him. I kept listening to him. And finally, he showed me something, actually, in the spirit. And then uh, I said, okay, Lord, make it clear. Actually, I can preach, it out. I can preach without, without looking at the script, I mean, at the, my notes, because it was more of a download into my spirit. And I'm heading somewhere with a purpose uh, that I have this, this day for this service. We have our youths around, and at some point I'll be praying for you, every young person in this place. So, but I entitled the message, Our God is a Consuming Fire. Our God is a Consuming Fire. The Deuteronomy 4.24, talking about God himself, the Father, is for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. He is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12.23, the Passion Translation says, Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful. Say thankful. Extremely thankful. Extremely thankful. And offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. And then continues next, please. It says, filled with awe. Did I, did I put that together? And then it says, for our God. Say our God. Is holy, devouring fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Now, talking about, there is something in the scriptures, church, about fire. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. That if you're dealing with God, you're dealing with a consuming fire. It's so consistent from the, in, in the scriptures about God. And, and, and um, like any, any relationship in our lives, we must think that way also. Let me give you an example. When, when a couple, maybe, you know, like starting seeing a, a certain girl and a young man, and they, they feel like they all sense that's the person they are going to get married to or they want to get into in love or in a love relationship, there's something that happens in their hearts. First, mostly it begins with a heart of the man, or that young man. There's some fire that is right inside there. And finally, approaches the lady. Sometimes the lady, ladies don't respond the first time. And uh, they look disinterested. I usually tell believers, don't do that. If you know, don't pretend. You just don't know. Say, amen, brother. Praise God. When are we getting married? <laughs> What is the date, Allah? <laughs> just, just tell me when the date is. But don't pretend like, you know, no, I have to go think about it. You already, if you knew, say it, amen, brother, when? When are we getting married? What <laughs> brother Kenneth Copeland said that, he asked, he asked uh, Gloria, say, will you marry me? Yes. She said, yes. And then later on, she thought, what did I just say? <laughs> just say, then you can think about it, anyway. But if you know, you don't have to waste time, really. You just know it and, and go with it. So, and then the, that fire in, in the heart and in that relationship and the text. Nowadays, I mean, the text and, and, and communication. That, that's something right there. 
But when that relationship, if you don't take care of that relationship, it's a love relationship, it can become so dull, complete. And there's no communication. Uh, you're waiting for the person to communicate, and they're not communicating. That's an indication that it's growing cold. Something ought to happen to put it back into fire. God is a consuming fire. He wants our relationship with him. Him he changes not. He says that in Malachi 3, 6, he changes not. So it's us that to make sure that we are in his presence constantly, that fire burns in our hearts. Jesus said, the zeal of thine house has consumed me. The zeal of thine house has consumed me. That is a prophecy, a prophecy by, by David talking about uh, Jesus. That's the fire. God is a consuming fire. In Deuteronomy 4.36, it says this out of heaven. When he came to the Mount Sinai, he came out as a consuming fire. They saw fire. Out of heaven, he let you hear his voice that he might instruct you on earth. He showed you his what? Say it. He showed you his what? Great fire. God showed you his great fire. And you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. When you've heard God, I'm telling you, everything within you will know that you've heard God. You'll never doubt that. Never have to doubt that I had God called me into the ministry. I never have to doubt that I was called into the ministry and, and brought into this church and, and being uh, under Pastor Sweden and Carla. God instructed me that I'll never, ever, ever doubt that I was, uh, God instructed me to get married to Tina. I never ever doubt about that. But listen to this. Like any relationship then, you must make sure that there is, that, that all the time, there's life flowing. Life. He's a consuming fire. Now talking about the son, Jesus. That's God the father. Look at God, God, the, God the son in Revelation 1, 14, 16. His head, he says, and hair were white, were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes like a flame of fire. Can you imagine your husband looks at you and they are fire in the eyes? <laughs> That's liquid love. <laughs> the fire in the eyes. That's what our groom looks like. He has fire in his eyes, like a flame of fire. When people are truly in love, they look at each other's eyes. When something has entered into a relationship, they look at the nose and the feet. But I'm telling you, our love relationship has to do, I don't know how many times, I've just closed my eyes, my natural eyes, and believe God for these eyes because I have two sets of eyes. I believe God for supernatural eyes or spiritual eyes, actually, to see those eyes of fire. And all I can say is I worship you. I worship you. Like that countenance is like the sun shining in his full strength. Look at that. What follows next there actually is, is verse 16. He, he, had in, he had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. You ever all gone out when the sun is so hot and you're looking up, uh, looking at it? You can't do for a long time. That's the face of your master. And he looked, when he looks at you with those fiery eyes, he looks at you through that heart of love. 
That's him. He is a consuming fire. In Matthew 11, uh, 3.11, John the Baptist give, gives a testimony of the one who's coming. Who's your master. I indeed baptize you with water and to repentance. But who's coming after me is mightier than I. Whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And what? Fire. Holy Spirit and fire. Here comes because God is a consuming fire. In, in, in Acts chapter 2, 3 to 4, that's the day of, from verse 1, when the day of Pentecost, remember, say he was coming. He was baptizing. He was coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. When, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushy might wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they appeared to them divided tongues as what? Of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit of God, as the Spirit gave them utterance. What do you think utterance were made of? Fire. God opened my eyes, I think it was, 99, it was 1996, but I think it should have been July or the beginning of August. He opened my eyes, I was praying. Uh, he just opened vision. It was an amazing day. I remember that Saturday. But he opened my eyes. One of the things that happened as I was praying in tongues, I saw fire coming out of my mouth. It was like lightning. Fire out of my mouth. That's what praying in tongues does. The Holy Spirit and fire. I'm telling you, I remember the first time also experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I could tell fire on my mouth. It came right inside of me, and I could tell it on my mouth. And my lips moved involuntarily. Involuntarily. It just moved so, so fast. And I could tell something was happening. Most likely, I was such a liar. Most likely, I was like Isaiah, chapter 6. I was, my lips was going to be burned with fire. I was a little devil, a liar. I really lied as a lifestyle. Until sometimes I'd meet with people, I didn't know what I told them last. Now that's a brand new person. I lie not. <laughs> but that's, that's how I, I lived before. And listen to this. So that God the Father is a consuming fire. We see when you're dealing with God, you're dealing with fire. And let me tell you something about this fire. To the righteous, it's a blessing. To the wicked, it's a curse. It destroys wickedness. But it establishes Righteousness. It destroys wickedness. In fact, the right word that I'm saying, it judges wickedness. Everything that does not resemble God, when that fire comes in, it judges that wickedness. But it brings the, it brings the blessing of God upon the righteous. Those who are right standing with God. We see this in Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened? Those brimstone and fire from heaven. What did he do? It destroyed the wicked. Destroyed the Sodomites. All of them destroyed. Now their debates are, yeah, you know, all of us will go to heaven. Not true. Not if you refuse Jesus Christ. That's not true. That's not the gospel. There's a lake of fire that is preserved by, the, uh, to, by God to those who re refuse Jesus Christ. But it was for, for the devil and his angels and everyone who denies the Son of God. It's of essence that we choose to live for God in our lives. 
and not live like little devils. There's so many debates nowadays. Debate, should I drink or not? Why would you, what, well, not water. You know what I'm talking about. Should I be drinking alcohol or not? Why would you want now to, to drink alcohol? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why? I told you last week, I saw it destroying my family. Why would anyone come to me and start telling me I don't care how many collars they have and how many crosses they have on their chest to try to tell me that drinking a little bit is good? No, I saw it destroy my family. There's no way I'm going to say yes to alcoholism. And to encourage any believer, take some wine before you go to bed. Hey, pray in the Holy Ghost before you go to bed. Should we come and stay fast before then we, then we can do it later? And say, oh. why, why would you do that? Yeah, you know, this thing of purity is old-fashioned. Oh, really? Is God old-fashioned? God will never be old-fashioned. Purity is a, an aspect of us living in holiness. Huh? I do, then follows the act. Before you say, I do, no, act. What is it that you don't understand about that? God is a consuming fire. Now listen to this. Oh, it's amazing <laughs> that God destroyed, remember he destroyed uh, the, the earth then with uh, floods, every creeping thing uh, on the earth then with floods. And, and in a in uh, Genesis, it should be chapter 8, actually, chapter 9, actually, he started saying that he's made a covenant. He's not going to destroy the earth again by water. He made a covenant, and that is a rainbow. Rainbow belongs to God, not to LGBTQ and all the, the Confucian uh, group. It belongs to God. It's a covenant that God says you'll never, ever go on again to destroy the earth with, uh, with floods. Now look at this. Let me tell you something about the devil. You need to be reading some scriptures to him once in a while concerning his future. In Matthew chapter 13, 49 to 50, it says, so it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just and cast them in the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Those are the wicked. Now why is that so? Listen to this, for, for, the, for the just, when the fire of God comes, actually, it's a blessing. It does something inside of us when the fire of God is upon your life. But to the wicked, it brings in judgment and destroys them. And that is laid uh, in store for everyone who refuses the Lord our God. And then it says, and the fire is not quenched. In Mark 9, 7, 48. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Now, I'm not telling you to do any surgery regarding that. But take authority over that. And, and if it's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to, to be cast into hellfire. Where, talking about hellfire, where their worm do not, does not die and the fire is not quenched. That is there, church. It's not a place to play around with. In Revelation 29, 10, 9 and 10. This is what awaits, Mr. Devil. In Revelation 9 and 10, they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. 
and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented, by, tormented day and night forever and ever. While us in heaven, we shall be approaching a consuming fire. Look what is thrown in, in, a, in, a, in Revelation chapter 4. I want you to see something there. Now I like being quiet in the presence of God, but sometimes I shout. That, by the way, has nothing, the fire of God has nothing to do with the volume of your voice. But I'm telling you, if you're on fire also, the volume increases. <laughs> really. But look at this. In, in, uh, in Revelation chapter 4, John says, immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven in verse 2. And one sat on the throne and you sat there like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from their throne proceeded what? Lightnings, thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. When you're dealing with God you're dealing with fire. It's a consuming fire. So look at this. Us will be in heaven, but the devil will be in the lake of fire with his angels and everyone who refused God. They will be in the lake of fire, but us will be in the midst of fire. Hallelujah. Praise God. For us, it's a blessing. For the devil, it's a curse. It's judgment. It's, a, it's, a, it's judgment. And Revelation 20 verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And in verse 14 it says, The death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. One of these days also death and Hades will be cast into the lake of fire. And there'll be death no more. Hallelujah. Would you like to see it being cast into the lake of fire? You know, the, the, those children that say like, Wacha niangalie, mami. Wacha vita mimi niangalie. Probably some of us will say, let me see how it's been done. And the devil, how he's been thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And we shout hallelujah to the Lord our God forever. In Revelation 21, 21.8, it says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Live for the Lord and don't accept this to happen. Believe in Christ. If you haven't given your life to Christ, accept him today. And if you, you've, you've been living, not not. As a little devil, it's time to be restored and be committed. I'm going to live in the fire of God for the rest of my life. What about his servants? <laughs> so he's in God the Father, is the fire, Son, Holy Ghost. And I said, we see that fire is a blessing to, the, to, to believers, but it's judgment to the wicked. The devil and all those who follow him, that's judgment to them. 
What about his servants? What about you and I? Oh my goodness, when you read the book of Leviticus especially, it, has to, to, it deals with priesthood. The book of Le- Leviticus deals with priesthood. And approaching God's presence in worship. From, uh, from the first chapter to the last, you find fire, 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 fire. In fact, it talks about sacrifices burnt on fire. That everything offered to God is with fire. But look at this then. And, and he gives instruction, God gives instruction in Leviticus 6.13, a fire shall always be burning on the altar, it shall never go out. Now that's the, that's, that's the, that's the, the shadow. We are now in the real thing. Think about your heart as God's altar. Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He says that fire should never go out. It should be burning day and night. Always, not low and high, <laughs> but always that fire burning. In Revelation 3, 15 to 16, God says this, uh, verse 15 and 16, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you are cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. God does not tolerate lukewarmness. God does not tolerate lukewarmness. He says, actually, you better choose. You're either going to be hot or you're going to be cold. I'd rather choose, you choose by the, rather, I'd rather you choose either being hot or cold than being lukewarm. Trust the fire of the Holy Ghost ought to be burning in our hearts all the time. All the time. All the time. You know, if it, if sometimes you see even people clapping their hands. You know, there's no even fire. Even, even, I'm telling you, even this cold season, if you clap this way, are you going even to feel any? Clap your hands, all you people. Has been lukewarm. <laughs> While the, your neighbor probably say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Or has been lukewarm. I'm telling you, the way the world is right now, the way the world is right now, church, if you don't get on fire, will be washed away. The world is aggressive. It's become even more aggressive. They're saying, this is my right to be this way. Than ever before, they are aggressive then the church has to rise up and stay in the presence of God and carry the fire of God and be actually radical for Christ. The good part of being radical, not craziness. I'm talking about that being radical for Christ. Christ doesn't want his people to be lukewarm. I want to get married to him. Is he born again? No, oh, you know, he's a good man. That's, that's lukewarmness. Very good man. Oh, that's been lukewarm. Now, you know, it wasn't much, but we gave him some money so that he could help us. Now, that's been lukewarm. <laughs> I remember years ago, probably you've heard me say this if you've been here for a long time. 
uh, for, for years, but I remember certain uh, policemen years ago, uh, they had, uh, we are moving uh, chairs, these chairs you sit, sit uh, you're sitting on, and they're moving them from Casarano from here to Westlands, or Westlands office. And then we had a certain truck. Then they, they, our workers uh, put on the seats, and because they live towards, uh, at, at Kangemi area, they also boarded the truck. And there are many of them in the driver's cabin. It was a lorry. And then they were arrested. And I got the, 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 the call from the owner, a wonderful mama, born again. <laughs> so she told me, uh, Davis, please. The policeman is asking for 2,000 shillings so that he can release the truck. I said, 2,000 shillings for what, mama? You know the way they act. I said, mama, listen to me. We don't bribe. We are not going to bribe that man. I will go there to the police station. Let the truck go there. I will go there to the police station. He said, oh, bless you. Davis, God bless you so much. You know, this time wanted me to bribe. This other time, because they have taken a stand, you say, oh, God bless you so much. That's being lukewarm. And I went there and I met with that police officer and I sat down and he told me, you know, I want to save uh, the, the church money. What do you mean by that? If you give me 2000 I release the tr- this lorry right now. Because if it goes to tomorrow, goes to court, you'll have to pay 12000 So I want to save church some money. As I looked at him, I said, let me tell you something, officer. If I gave you that money, I'll be cursing you and your family. I ought to know better. I will not give you any money. He said, okay, 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 pastor. He left. Anyhow, he was such a lie, we ended up paying a fine of 5000 It didn't matter. We still kept our core values. Don't be lukewarm. In Hebrews 1, 7, this is what you're supposed to be. The Amplified Classic Version says this. Referring to the angels, he says, God who makes his angel wins. And his ministering servants, flames of fire. His ministering servants. Are you his servant? Come on, just two of us. Are you his servant? He makes them what? Flames of fire. Flames of fire. Uh, I, I, I wish I had some time to speak to you regarding that. Of uh, the, the four heads, uh, I mean the, the four faces of a minister, the gospel. And I'll teach you one, one, of, one of these days. Let me speak to you, youth. In Luke 12, 42, uh, Luke 12, 49, the Passion Translation says this. Jesus himself said this. I have come to set the earth on fire. And how I long for every heart to be already ablaze with the fiery passion for God. You know, you can't talk like, you know, I, I do have a passion for God. Passion is visible in your eyes. It's in your voice. It's in your attitude. It's in the things you do. Amen? In school, you need to be winning. That you can tell others you are passionate for Christ. <laughs> you are passionate. You love God, and you are going to serve him. In Jeremiah 23, 29, 
God says this. Mm, let me start from verse, verse, verse uh, 20, verse 9, sorry. 20, verse 9 first. Jeremiah actually was being ridiculed. Let me, let me go to my scriptures here, Jeremiah 20. I think we have some few minutes. And a minute, uh, a day to the Lord is like a thousand years. And we are in his presence. Amen. Mama, it's so good to see you. I hadn't seen you. Welcome. <laughs> From Nyaururu. The pastor, a church there that I have ministered, I think once actually gone over there. And the second time we went for your son's wedding. How pastor is doing very well. You're much, much welcome. <laughs> All right. And then uh, in um, Jeremiah 20, I want you to see something there. From verse 7. And my, my New King James Version says, Jeremiah's unpopular ministry. And it says this, O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I, and I have pre- prevailed. He's now he's, he's complaining. I'm in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted violence and plunder because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. (laughs) It's feeling like every day I'm speaking the word and people are not listening to me. Then I said, listen to what he said. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. I'm not going to talk about God anymore. I will not make mention of him, nor speak anymore in his name. I'll just be a good student. Oh, a good mama, you know, you know, things have changed, you know, in college the way it is. Oh, at work, everyone gossips, you know, I'll just be quiet. I've, I've talked about Jesus, but they ridicule, they ridicule me. I'm not going to talk about that. No speaking anymore in his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. <laughs> For I had many mocking fear on every side. Report, they say, and we reported. And my acquaintances, my acquaintances, acquaintances watch for my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him, and we will take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Oh, that was a wicked man. That, that was a lukewarm man. But the Lord is with me. All that is happening. And he felt like I was not going to speak anymore. But he says this word, the word of God was burning in him like fire. Shutting his bones. He couldn't contain it. And then he says, he says so the, the others are saying this, verse 10. For I had many mocking. Have you been mocked for Christ? <laughs> I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I went, I went back home. And, and uh, six months later, and I was telling the, uh, certain lady, they looked like they were doing okay to the standards of my village. You know, it depends where you grew up. You understand? The standard of my li- village, we had a radio, that kind of radio, and we were doing well. And my parents were teachers, primary school teachers. So I grew up as Mtoto or Malim in the 70s and 80s. I was doing well. Until I found you city people. <laughs> and realized we are in poverty. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, till I grew up in Nairobi and 
And she was, she was telling me something. I said, you know, honey, we were well. We were okay. <laughs> the problem is when we, we came to the city. <laughs> and people thought we were poor. <laughs> but I was fine. I was doing okay. I was thriving. We had a radio Philips. <laughs> Come on, I felt so good. We had Philips radio, and then my, my, my dad actually had record player. You all don't know what that is. And you'll take the speaker, and you, take, you go to a big pot that we used to put water in it, and put that, that speaker in there, and you have it boom, 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 boom. We are doing good. And then I remember when he bought, I'm forgetting what, that double deck cassette player. That you, you set it in a certain way that when this step is over, it goes to the other one. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, just, just, we, we felt like you are cool on the gang in the village. You have no idea of what I'm talking about. But we enjoyed life. Until you started going out. And you started realizing the sweet dwellers or the town dwellers thought we were poor. And we were convinced but I received Christ and I realized I'm not. <laughs> we got convinced. Listen, there were more kings. Fear on every side. Report, they say. And we'll report it. And my acquaintances watch for my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced. Then we'll prevail against him and we'll take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed before they will not prosper. Their, their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But they all, but all, Lord of us, you, are, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I've pleaded my cause before you. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of evil, do, uh, evil doers. And you go on, don't go into all the others. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Hold your peace. Now look at this there. In Jeremiah 23 verse 29, God says this, is not my word like a fire? Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces? Listen to this church. If you're really living for the word and living for the Lord and you're, you're meditating on the scriptures, that word is like fire in your belly. You can't keep quiet. You'll say it. People can be giving their opinion. But say, I have something here and it's not my opinion. It's the word of God and I believe in it. I'm a believer of the word. Youth, wherever you go, Listen, entertainment, entertainment is, going to, is not going to change your life. When I gave my life to Christ and I came to the body of Christ, I was 23 years old. I knew I, knew I was lost. But I come to, to the body of Christ and I'm finding believers. If you really brought me entertainment, that for me was like you insulting me. I was, I went for entertainment for years and my heart became empty and emptier if there's an English word like that. And for me to come to the, to the body of Christ to be entertained, no. 
I enjoyed music from the time I was a small boy. I knew songs in the, when I was in, you know, in the 70s, I knew some, some of those songs. And some of even go back to the 60s. And I had even some styles of dancing at that time. We danced, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, there's, a, there's some special dance that you people didn't know about. <laughs> we even don't know. We dance in a certain way. And in the 80s, I knew entertainment. I started chewing <laughs> Mira Ali and drinking and going to places, just places just to, to look for that entertainment. I said, this really, I was so young. But if you, we went to a disco, as we started, we started dancing out, from outside. You don't have to pay to dance. We start just there. You're, you're waiting to enter in. And you just, you know, just go on. Those days of shabarangs. Stay safe. Do you understand that? But, but we, we did that. You're just, you're just doing over there. And you're just chewing and smoking away and, and all that. Just right there at the door. But listen to this. I was empty. I was empty. Empty. And that emptiness was driving me quickly to, to suicide. Then why would I come to the body of Christ to be, to be, to be entertained? Nothing I knew was going to entertain me but the word and by the grace and the mercy of God on the fifth day of my salvation, God revealed himself to me. And that was life changing. And I have this entertainment. I can go to the word of God and have fun. You have to think that way, parents. You have to think that in your homes, parents. Entertainment will not, will not end. You can go to TikTok and stay the whole night. Kenya, we have funny clips. Talk funny, act funny, make funny noises. And we can do that on TikTok. And you can stay the whole night. But listen to this. There is an emptiness that will never be filled by any video from, uh, of, of TikTok or video, whatever it is. You need the word. You need the living word of God. You need to be filled with the fire of God in, in your life. You can't, you can't leave your child and say, you know what? Get the remote and stay there as some washing dishes. Watch anything. What do you mean? What, do you know what you are doing to the child? You're setting them up for failure. I was one time, some few years ago, I was praying for, uh, I'd met with a certain young man in my office. And we sat down. And uh, I spoke for a few minutes and I felt the presence of God. And I, and I, I, I said this. I feel the presence of God here. And I looked at him and said, do you? He was in his early 20s. He looked at me and said, no. I said, you don't feel the presence of God? No. Okay, you know the way you young people, the way you answer. As we used to answer, just no. <laughs> you, you have a certain way of answering, no. I don't know where you got that from. Not from us. Well, listen to this. I stood up. I told him, just remain seated. I stood up, and I placed my hand on him, on his head, and I started worshiping the Lord. And the presence of God increased. And he, he just went almost crying and sat right there holding on his, you know, holding his belly. And he went there, and he, he was just there for some time. 
And I went back and sat on my, on my, where, where I was seated, on my chair. And he looked at me and said, uh, I asked him, can you feel the presence of God? He said, yes. It's like the day I rededicated my life to Christ. I said, uh, he asked me, is it okay that I may pray? if I prayed in tongues? I said, go ahead. And he prayed in tongues. I feel so good, Pastor. I was, I was feeling so bad when I came here. And the Lord spoke to me in this man. I have called out the older generation to know me and to know my presence and release the same to the younger generation. This releases the knowledge, the presence, the, and the power of God from generation to generation. If the older one in that generation don't know the presence of God, they have nothing to give. You can't give what you don't have. The older generation, God has called us to know him. Know him intimately. So that we can give the same to the younger generation. If we don't know him, we can give that which we do not know. We do not know. If we are given to entertainments and debates and we don't get into the word of God, we have nothing to give to the, to the younger generation. God, as a parent, God has called you to know him and his presence. That's a reasonable service in your, in your generation. If I didn't know the presence of God, I could not have given to that young man the presence. But I've endeavored for the last 25 years, this is the 26th year, actually 27th year, <laughs> this past June, I've endeavored to pursue the Lord with all my heart. And to, the mag to, to a some degree, I've known the presence of God. And I can give that out to young people, even this morning. I saw in my prayer, let me, let me, let me go back to Psalm, 40, go to Psalm 45, 17, the Passion Translation. Just what I have said. Parent, it's your responsibility to know God. Parent, we have to prioritize the word. If you don't know God, you can teach your child. You may say many words. But if your actions are not inconsistent with the word of God, they will be just like you. I don't care how many songs my dad could have sung to me to tell me that I, don't, I shouldn't take alcohol. That didn't help because he was alcoholic. I turned out at a young age just like him. An alcoholic. You can be an authority in an area that you have not surrendered to God. I say it again. You cannot be an authority to an area that you have not surrendered your life to the Lord. That's why even men, women in our homes, pornography should never be in our homes, in our phones. Nowadays it's not even CDs and DVDs. Nowadays it's phones.
We're raising up a, a new generation. If you show them that the word of God is boring, that's the generation who will raise up. Lukewarm, religious, who do not know God, and they'll be taken away by the devil. The devil knows his destiny. He's about to be thrown into the lake of fire, and he wants to take as many as possible to that same fire. Believers, we ought to know better. There are many debates in schools. And all of actual live nowadays YouTube channels, there are too many. But you have to know what you're teaching your children, actually. And not only teaching, you teach the way you live. Amen. You teach the way you live. If you live as an honorable person, that's the way your children will turn out. The word is the solution in our generation. And the presence of God is here. He wants to minister to you, young people. I will make sure the fame of your name is honored. In every generation, as all the people praise you, giving you thanks forever and ever. How do we know, do we do that as an older generation? We'll make sure the fame of his name is honored in every generation. We know him. We know his presence. We know his word. We transfer the same to our children. Praise God. Can I have a team over here, please? Come over here to the altar. I, I, I don't want the spectator here today. And everyone engaged. I know our youth and our children, especially the youths, have been so much in under attack. And today I have an instruction from the Lord. I was praying and yesterday I'm praying and listening. No, no, no. It started, I think, on Thursday morning and then kept building up on Friday. And the Lord instructed me to minister to the youth. And we'll have no spectator in the house today until all of us engage. And make intercessions right where you will be. Uh, those who are not older generation, make intercessions. The presence of God is here. Let me tell you what I saw, which led me to this message. Well, like, if I use shafts, S-H-A-F-T-S, will that resonate with you? Shafts of fire. Or I can say, like, they were like arrows of fire coming down. Arrows of fire coming down. And I'm telling you, youth, you're going to receive that. But I want you to be open to him. And this is what will happen. Everything that you have carried that is of the devil, in a kind of addiction, suicidal spirits, a sense of failure, everything that you've carried that, have, you, that has been tormented you of the devil will, will come under judgment. And the fire of God will come upon it and melt it away from your life. And you, before you come, though, I want you to, your sin in your life, I want you to repent. First John 1, 9 says, can we have First John over there, please? Will you please stand up on your feet, but go over there in, in First John. Let me have it from the New King James Version, please. Then after that, you're going to receive Holy Communion. Listen to this. If we confess our sins, it's faithful and just. 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I want you, uh, young people, before you come over here, I want you just ask the Lord to forgive you. If you are being under any bondage of addiction, whatever it is in your life, whatever it is you know is not pleasing to the Lord, I want you to ask him to forgive you. And when you come into his presence, what will happen, that fire will, the fire of God will judge that sin. Because you've already judged it, will judge every spirit that has attached itself to that sin. And this is your freedom.